0: And welcome to a brand new episode of Eat, Sleep, List, your home for list making right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and today, as per usual, I am joined by my good friend, my pal, Mr. Dan Torres. Dan, what's
1: up, buddy? How are you? Hey, buddy. Welcome back. It's good to see you. It's great to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We missed you last week, but we carried on as per usual. Ben and I uh, dove into the sweet tooth aspect of our diet. I, appre- I appreciated that. Yeah. It was it was a really fun time, and it, me and him got to vibe a little bit more because we did our shows back-to-back, so it was an extra hour with my brother. So it worked out really, really well, uh, but I'm so happy you're back. I'm happy you're well-rested. Did you have a good trip overall? Overall, yes. Overall,
0: I'm yeah. glad you, you said... Overall, I I specified that on purpose. (laughs) I figured you did, yes. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to elaborate anymore on what (laughs) happened, what transpired um, on my first day of vacation. But I am back, very happy to be back, making lists. That's what we love to do. Uh, Today we have a guest, and uh, when was the last time you were on? For the magazines episode, right? That was Andrew. You were on another episode recently, too.
2: Not since Dan. It was a history
1: one. It was a history oh, one.
2: Not since Dan. Oh, you know what? We get a history one. Been on the show though.
1: or no? Time no, travel. You have travel. Travel. because we did a time travel. Oh, that was remember? last yes. season. N- that was probably last year we did that. Like I okay. of last year. Yeah, but that was the one
2: where we could do if we could relive certain eras. Or, or that's what it was. Yeah, I
1: think that's what. Oh shit.
2: We did. You were. Uh, did, did I get in trouble for saying I would punch Baby Hitler again? <laughs> I you might have. Okay. I don't know if you got in trouble. It happens. But you, you probably said it.
1: You we it definitely came Finger up. Finger
2: wag. <laughs> it definitely Na- came the up. The naughty naughty thing I'm doing. The naughty naughty. Everyone picture it in your mind right now through the audio waves. You naughty, know what's naughty. so funny actually is
1: right before we started recording, I brought up baby Hitler. And said, I, I'm not even, Brian, I'm not even kidding. He really was not even thinking about that because my wife and I were just watching a, a, like a world war two documentary on like things that hadn't been released and like, you know, always resurfacing footage now. Okay. And a baby picture of Hitler came up and we, and we both looked at it. We're just like, that is the ugliest baby. Like, oh. <laughs> I would I would absolutely know that there is something amiss about that baby oh, the man. first
2: time I laid eyes on it. The the first ever known dictator out of the womb.
0: Yeah. 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 No, exactly. but
2: there's some rough
0: there's some rough baby pictures of other ones.
2: Where but. it all stems from for me is from Ricky Gervais doing stand up. We haven't even introed me. This is awesome. Oh, that's Brian, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our friend Brian. So he gets on stage. He's doing his thing. He eventually gets to, he goes, you know, everyone wants to say they'd go back in time and they kill baby, they kill Hitler as a baby. And he goes, think about that. You're going back in time. You're killing a child. And he's holding up a picture of baby Jesus. He goes, this is, you're going back to kill this?
1: <laughs> he goes,
2: every baby is, you know more than worthy of not being murdered <laughs> so, i love ricky gervais yeah, oh. it always stuck in my in my head i'm like man uh, that's wow. a good you want to be a tough guy <laughs> go take out baby hitler not as <laughs> a man not in many opportunities world or what baby, baby baby hitler
0: baby that's where you get him
1: yeah
2: Oy vey. Well, everybody,
0: uh, great start. (laughs) Great start. Uh, Brian has been on the show many a times. He is one of the hosts of uh, the airing of grievances with myself and Johnny Townsend. He also hosts Crafting and Drafting, which is another show I'm part of. And um, uh, the Out of Tune podcast. I think that's what you got right now, right? That's it. That's it. It's probably a sticker on there. Yeah. 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 Too much, as we all know. It's never a good thing. Uh, and he reached out to me A couple weeks ago And was like Matt List Books so, Somewhat in that order Something like that And and I, I've explained That I've been on a big book kick lately And I had no issue With doing that I've actually been pondering Doing this one for a long time Um, So Brian coming out And saying Hey let's just do a book list And I'm like Heck yeah And it just makes it all the easier To do it Um, So I'm really really excited Uh, Books have I, I've re-fallen in love with reading books uh, again after so many years of letting people tell me it's stupid and nerdy to read books.
1: Oh. It's yeah. weird. You yeah. you think that when you're little for some reason and then like everybody hits an age at some point where are like, oh, yeah, no one cares about... like. Like it's fine to be reading. Yeah, and
0: doing. I loved it. I loved reading books back in the day as a kid, going through like probably up until sixth grade, and then I I, I can't remember what it was, but I, it just kids like piled on you for like being smart. It's so weird. Like, mm-hmm. and and it took me like I'd read book a book here and there every now and then, but I didn't like. I lost my like really like passion for it until this past summer, so I'm all the more excited to, uh, to to do this. Do you have? Was there a specific? I know you and I have been talking books a lot. Was there any any other reason in mind for doing this list?
2: No, I'm. It definitely did stem from that. It stemmed from, <laughs> you know. You, so getting into Star Wars more for doing the podcast got us wanting to do more media consumption of Star Wars. Correct. So, like, what else to get into? And I always raved about some of the Star Wars books that I've had a chance to read yeah. throughout the years. And it really came from that. And then I think it grew a little bit more once we were just, like, I remember, like, we talked about, like, the history books you already had. And, like, you have, like, a a Napoleon book and stuff like that. And I'm like, like, I want to get back into, like, reading nonfiction. Yeah. Because, like, I can crush fiction all day. Especially now because when I say I read a book, I'm actually listening to a book. (laughs) And it's only because that's, like, I have the most time at work uh, to just, like, pop in the earbuds and just type, 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 type. And uh, so I think that's really what it is. It's it's now my favorite way of consuming a book. Um, I still buy books from time to time, physical copies if I care about them. Right. Uh, but yeah, I was like, dude, man, you're such an intellectual. Like, I want to join in on this. <laughs> well, like, I, I want to sound smart again. Well, you are <laughs> smart. You are smart. You're uh,
1: you're a very smart person. Yeah, but I want to sound smart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sound it. Well,
1: if it makes you feel any better, most of mine, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've read like an actual book since. Like, about five years ago or so. Like, there are a couple on here that are more recent, but some of them are ones that have just stuck with me forever. And there is not a thing wrong with that, dude. I, I, there's, let's see, most of the,
0: most of the ones that I've read, I've I've read within the last probably year or two, Mm -hmm. but I have, like, one on my list that I read
2: about 10 years ago. That's that's really, really good. And I'm the opposite. But, but (laughs) what's that mean? That I have one on my list that I've read slash listened to in the last year. Oh, so a lot of those. See, that's good. I like. I like. To You'll that. see. Mm-hmm. There is a theme with all my.
0: Okay. Days. All right, fellas, you ready to make the
2: book list? Let's do it. Let's do it. Brian, kick us off yeah. with your number ten. So, so we do an honorable mentions at the end, or we want to get them out in the front?
0: Remind me right before number one.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Please and thank you. So I have to pick 10 off the top of my head right now. Made the list, couldn't decide, couldn't rank. Talked to me about it. He goes, just do it off the top of your head. Said, it's the right, best cool. way to do it. Mm-hmm. Get your 10 and then just, just go from the heart. That's what it, I've it, decided. It, it,
0: it works itself out. Like Last week I was like that, and it just worked itself out really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Well then I have to go with go. uh my first Star Wars book that okay. I ever purchased and read. Star Wars Dark Saber by Kenneth J. Anderson. Uh Kenneth Anderson has done a bunch of Star Wars books. Uh and this one was post Return of the Jedi and if you get into the lore of Star Wars, it's during them all having their own children. It's mm. it's Leia having, you know, her own children with Han and then you got the relationship, yes, that's right. Uh, Luke Skywalker was married to somebody. And it's, is that Mara Jade? Uh, yep, okay. and it focuses all around her. Okay. Um, she has lost her connection to the Force in the book, and that's what like a lot of this is, is Luke pursuing help um, to, to get her reconnected to the Force. Because just like they did in our beloved Star Wars sequel that <laughs> we just covered... Uh. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) They have a connection through the Force, more than just a physical connection. And the Darksaber is the book, um, and it's going to start a theme. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I like the sound of that. Um, When did that come out? 95. I had to look it up today.
0: I remember going to my library as a kid and seeing
2: Star Wars books with Mara Jade on the cover of it. Is she on the cover of this book? I don't think so. Okay. But she might have been. Interesting. You can, I can definitely picture Luke and Leia's faces on it.
0: Okay, I'm trying to remember because I do. I definitely do remember a couple of those. Um, yeah. Little advanced for me at the time I was going to the library, but
2: post spoiler alert, post post Oh god. Oh god. Uh, oh. oh no, everyone dies in Star Wars. Oh no, <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Yeah, they sort of, but like, legends <laughs> just so it's already just out there. If so it never happens. It, it, right now, it's not canon. So whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. I'm liking the Star Wars pick. Uh,
1: Dan, what do you got for your number ten? My number ten is going to be. Uh, I'm going to put the War of Art at number ten because this is doesn't have a ton of substance. I th- I'd say on this list, it has the least amount of like actually substance as far as like content within books. But it's one of the most uh, educational and, like, changing books I've ever read. It's a a book that's less than 100 pages or so that just gives you step-by-step how to, like, overcome your anxiety about, like – doing things like podcasting or theater or um illustration like my da- my dad's read it I've read it Matt read it last year. You did. Yep. You let me borrow um, it when I was I, when he was going. looking for some inspirational books. And it helped a lot. And it's it's nice because you take it in little by little and it's so small that you absorb it. Like so much easier I feel like. It gets directly to this is what you're doing, this is why you're doing it kinds of things. And I really think that anybody in any profession can benefit from it Mm -hmm. um, and find a new tool to kind of keep in your everyday cycle. So The War of Art comes in at my number 10 for that. Very good.
0: Yeah, when you let me borrow, I I was asking for a bunch of self-help books and you hit with me. This is right around the time where, I don't know if I decided to stop two point. It might have been a little bit after that. Or it might have been... A little bit of, I can't, or before it. But I was just over, like, podcasting. Like, I, I think I, a lot of people around me could tell. Um, I was just frustrated with a lot of things. And that, it wasn't just, art, like, art. It was, like, my personal life, too. And that book hit me to just keep, just keep pressing on. And, shoot, we're still here today. I have quit a lot of things in my life hard. Like, cold turkey, like, pro wrestling just disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, uh, even like college wrestling and stuff, I just just stopped showing. Like I did my year, and I just disappeared. Uh, that's what I usually do. If I didn't care, like and that that book basically helped get me, you know, get me to this point. Mm-hmm. Still, where now I'm doing it out of love instead of you know, uh, I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and instead of money, 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 money. You know, goals, goals, views and stuff. I, I do this because I love it. So I love that book. Yeah. So I'm yeah, glad about your did. top ten. Thank you, man. All right. My number 10. This is actually a book that Brian set me up with uh, a couple years ago in doing uh, the football show, Two Point Conversation. Yeah. I love this book. I have it up on the wall over there. Um, Take Your Eye Off the Ball, 2.0. It is um, by Pat Kerwin. And for those who don't know, uh, this... I, I'm a huge football fanatic. Like it's it's, um, it's my it's every like everything to me as far as being a football fan. Like it's it's my love language. So I connect with people, uh, is is through talking football. I've always watched. I've watched football for a long time. Been a fan with it. Been obsessed. But I'm like, man, there's so much that I don't know, and I wanted to learn more about the game and me and Brian discussed doing film study uh, for one of our episodes. I think it was our – we recorded it Mondays, and it came out Tuesdays, and we just wanted to just be better with it. So this book was like every football fan's like wet dream. Yeah. It, it explained everything in detail. It, it explained, um, I guess, formations in a sense, scheming, uh, numbers, like route trees, and it just, it explained, it broke down football in the most simplest, simplest terms it possibly can to help you understand what's going on. Why did this play work? Why did this coach call this play at this certain time? Uh, Understanding and reading defenses. And I, I never felt so like connected. Like I felt like it opened up, uh, not like a Pandora's box, but it just, it, it opened up how do I describe this? It opened up a whole new way to watch football for me. Mm. Now I sit and watch football, and and I see it way differently than I did before, prior to reading this book. It's almost like uh you, Any of you guys ever seen the movie They Live with Roddy Piper in it? Mm-mm. No, I okay. never did. Well, one of the, the it, it's a it's a really big alien movie, but there, there's these glasses that helps you see like things for what they really are, and like it's people, but there's aliens hiding as. Disguises people. Oh, okay. And I felt like this book helped was like my glasses. I can like, okay, this is why they're calling the, the play this way. I can start predicting stuff a little bit based on who's in, who's out, um, et, et cetera. So uh, that would be my number ten. It was great read. I read it twice, and I probably do. I'll probably read it again before the football season gets going. Uh, take your eye off the ball two So,
2: I love it. Great pick. I've never yeah. read that one. I've only read the first one. You're right. Yeah, that's right. And right. I, I was like, oh, I'll get the newer
0: version. It's a DVD. It came with a DVD. It is really, really nice. So,
2: um, yeah, so
0: that is my number 10.
2: It's a seasonal pick, kind of, in a way, with the draft coming up. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. It is
0: next Thursday.
2: Um, oh, man, fourth Warbrook. Oh, crap. Oh, shoot. Are you, are you still coming up?
0: I'm planning on. it. Okay, cool. Because I don't want to be here alone. I don't know who's all coming. I'm. All, I'm gonna try and at least stop by for a little bit. I before. wouldn't hate it. We'll have food and stuff. You just come by, grab some food, and don't worry. Stuff. I'll guilt a bunch. A bunch of people. Huh? I'll guilt them in. Do it. Yeah. Please. I want people. I. I would like at least ten people here. Yeah. Cool. That would be. Nice. But I'm prepared for for two or three. I
2: don't have that many friends, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good, Bri, What is your number nine, bud? Let's stay on target and uh, go for Star Wars Tales of the Bounty Hunters by Kevin J. Anderson, M. Shane Bell, Daniel Keyes, Moran, Moran, probably not Moran, and, uh, <laughs> Kathy Tires, and Dave Wolverton. When Book Effect came out and we yeah. were talking about it, I definitely referenced this book. And I said, like, so many people were like, what? F- but? Bo- Boba Fett, like, he's dead. It's like, he's literally been alive since 1997, I think, when that book came out. That's true. He, like, immediately, like, I I, I might
0: have it over here. You keep going.
2: All right. It's just so when you watch episode five, when you go back and watch Empire, Mm -hmm. along the catwalk, right, the Vader's talking to all these bounty hunters you know, telling them to go, they need to go get Han Solo. You know, they're going to get Luke Skywalker and all this stuff. And they're like, we're going to hunt them down. It talks about all those ones that are up on the catwalk. Oh, that's so awesome. So it talks about IG-11, the robot, you know, that now is famous. It's it's in the same series. I have the whole trilogy. There you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Full trilogy represented in the studio. Leave it to Matt to have I love all it. the Star Wars memorabilia readily available. Is that from... Uh, Panel discussion, friend. What's that? Those books. No, it's me. Oh, you bought those? When I was a kid. Ah, yeah. I, yeah,
0: I, I found all my old Star Wars books. Really I got you. Good, and I <laughs> set them up in here.
2: Yeah, so th- I just loved it. They were like really short stories, you know, because each Bonnie hunter gets its own short story. And, you know, takes you all of, well, if you're reading like I was as a kid, you know, it, an afternoon. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's gone. And it's, re- it's really good. It's It's it was the content that got me by before I ever thought they would revisit the like movies and do new movies. Like I, I loved star Wars as a kid and the toys are still getting made, but no movies. It was never even talked about. No. And then bam, episode one comes out. I'm like, all right, cool. We got real content again. But yeah, before that, the books, the legend stuff, although a lot of that is probably not even, it's probably mostly canon, but like not, on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of it just exists, you know, just because you kind of want to keep these characters alive. Yeah. Mm. You know, like the fact that an IG-11 assassin droid is used Mandalorian isn't by accident. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? that People love that character. And, you know, those books brought it to life originally. So right. I would say if you're a fan of, like, these offshoot bounty hunters, especially in that book, Boba Fett's story and how he saved us... Awesome! Oh yeah, way cooler than the show. Way <laughs> freaking cooler than the show. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that. Uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about how Star Wars has been going. Right, Marvel. We see them pull elements of from the comic books, you know, all the time, uh, and it's it's never like just how the comic books had it, but they pull elements and, and, and include it. And Star Wars has been just been doing that from their legend stuff yeah. lately, and it, it's worked. It's yep. worked really well. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so very good. I like it. I got a couple Star Wars books.
2: Yeah, I was hoping so. I yeah. have
0: one. Oh, I have one on here. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I had a couple at first, and then I, I moved some stuff around. At least one. At least yeah. one. Gotta have first. one.
2: And at least we have the mystery of not knowing where Yeah. We'll show up.
1: that's true. That's true.
2: Dan, what do you got for number nine, pal? This is my first of
1: two wrestling books on here. Uh, um, the first one is going to be the first, uh, Autobiography, in a sense that I ever read, or memoir in a sense, uh, which is fully as good, and the real world is faker than wrestling. I read this probably younger than most people would understand it in the industry. I read it in about sixth grade. Okay, I read it um, because i I've documented on here. I started watching probably around summerslam 2004. Um, if not a little bit after that, but about SummerSlam 2004. And in that first year, I tried to get as my hands on as much stuff as I could because I Same. just wanted to – I do that with a lot of things. I did that with the UFC when I dove in. When we started talking football a lot more, I feel like I did that more where I dove in and really, like, wanted to understand a lot more of it. And uh, Mick Foley gave me my first glimpse into – what the backstage world of wrestling is actually like. Yeah. And what's real and what's scripted and like everything that is planned and isn't and some of the bumps he was taking and like his descriptions of those. Like he he talks about getting uh the chair shots from The Rock and the Royal Rumble in that one and that and like that. It his description in that is very like it, it it's interesting to read especially at my age when you, uh, or at that age that i was where you're still kind of having this curtain is to what wrestling actually is yeah but i but i loved it because it helped me understand immediately what it was at the beginning and a lot of kids would see that and shy away from it and be like oh it's not about like being in the ring and doing this it's not like action i'm going to sh- uh, shy away from it and I was just hooked as soon as I sat down and read it. And I think that's how I knew I was always going to love it for both what it was on screen and off screen, too. Yeah, the off screen stuff is fun. I think that's my, that's my favorite
0: part of the books. I do have one wrestling book on here coming up, actually. And uh, it is really neat to hear like, their thoughts on, and, and, and what was going through the head in certain things. Because a lot of people just don't know. And no. sometimes, sometimes people just don't want to know. Right, sometimes it's just better to just enjoy the wrestling product for what it is. When you know like some of the behind the scenes stuff, it, it almost takes away from the magic. Mm. But I love I I, I love the behind the scenes stuff sometimes almost as much as the in ring stuff. So me too. Foley was one of the first ones to I think really open it up. At least as far as I remember, as far like doing a book yeah. about wrestling uh, and actually like not breaking because uh, I
1: feel like somebody else did a book where they, they kept kayfabe the whole time. The Rock wrote, like, some kind of book where... I, I Was I, it Kane? It might have been a Kane book. There <laughs> was some weird gimmicky... Yeah, I we're not even kidding. I, I, I'm pretty sure there was one. a Kane book or Undertaker and they kept it kayfabe the whole... I It must have been Kane, like, I his backstory. I think there was, like, a backstory on Kane. Yeah. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that was it, but... Foley's first book the um mankind of tale blood and sweat socks was like that was the first one to kind of open it up a little like just a like a touch cuz that talks about that opens up with him getting his ear ripped off right and that's when you're like oh okay we're talking <laughs> about the realities of the industry hardcore yeah <laughs> uh but that kane one god we should get a copy of that for the I, studio i'm pretty sure that's a real i'm going to have to
0: look for oh, I, I i i almost positive i read it like probably 10 11 years ago i'm going to have to buy it oh jesus <laughs> i'm looking for please it please do and send me a link if you find it i'm 90% sure it was kane he's
2: so articulate he's and very he intelligent <laughs> yeah very especially intelligent.
1: at that point in his career it's Yeah. so, so. So are Oh, I.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> He's actually, yeah, he' very, very smart dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, always has been. It, it's crazy. I mean, he had a long career, like long, long career, being intelligent too, making smart decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best guys you kind of want to have in your in your locker room, I guess, for for any period of time. So, great jo- uh, choice in that one. I'm gonna follow Thank up you. your wrestling book with. My wrestling book, uh, it is Bret Hart's book, Hitman, My Real Life in a Cartoon World. Mm. This is one of the... I read quite a few wrestling books in my day. I've read Kurt Angles. I've read Triple H. I've read Ric Flair, Stone Cold, Chris Jericho. Uh, I read Mix. Brett had the most uh, descriptive, well, probably the most in-depth one. You could tell the difference between certain people. You know whether they have a shadow writer or not. Like, they, like you read a, their autobiography and it just doesn't sound like them. Mm-hmm. And I actually felt like I was listening to Brett tell stories about his time in and around everything. And obviously, you know he's been retired for for a significant amount of time now. I think this book might have come out in 05, 06. So his career was well past him. I don't think he wrestled a match. Uh, I wrestled actually, like active, not not popping up and. Doing a couple moves here and there, but his full time career I think ended in like ninety nine or two thousand, so, something along along the lines of that. So this book went all the way back to his days in high school, growing up around Stampede wrestling. Um, you know, uh, his heavyweight title win, it, all his t- you know his title matches with Mister Perfect, uh, in in Montreal, and Owen Hart's death, and 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 going to WCW, and he did a really really. Good job of describing it, making you feel you were there. Um, <laughs> I read. <laughs> I, I I recently read uh, somebody loaned it to me. It was a it was a it was a Rob Gronkowski book, <laughs> and it read exactly how you think a, a Rob Gronkowski. Oh book my god! Would go. <laughs> Not very detailed. A lot of eyes. A lot of me's. Uh, just very simple, and it just. It wasn't my favorite book. (laughs) Brett, on the other hand, was so descriptive, and he just painted... Again, you felt like you were just right there with him. And you're hearing his conversations, private conversations with Davey Boy and Owen and Jim and his dad and his brothers and and all these people. And and God, it's so good. I think it's almost 600 pages. Uh, I got it over there. It's torn to shit. Uh, It's a very old book. It's been through hell and back. But... I adore it. Um, probably something I'm gonna have to reread at, at at some point, but it is really it's it's probably one of the best ones. Brett had a, a very long storied career, mm-hmm. you know, going from his humble beginnings to one of the most controversial, being a part of one of the most controversial matches of all time. So, um, so number nine, I'm gonna put uh, Hitman. I love it. My real life in a cartoon world. So
1: journey into darkness and unauthorized history of Kane. Yep, that's what it was. Yep. I've read a book. It is wild. By Kane. By Kane. By Kane. (sighs) It it even has a whole section about the loose ends in the story. Oh, really? Yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, somebody let me borrow it like when I was living in Rochester, like again, 10, 11 years ago. Amazing. So, love it. I'm glad. I see this conversation brought back a memory. (laughs) So, very good. Brian, you're number eight, pal. Mm hmm.
2: Uh, not a wrestling book. <laughs> Taking a hard right turn here. Okay. When I was a child, there was a Pizza Hut promotion. <laughs> yes. That inspired you to read because if you read a book, and I don't know why you just got to do this. Like, there's no proof that you read the book. It's not like you're standing there in front of the guy that asking what your toppings are and you have to like give him a book report. <laughs> I don't know how exactly they. how this worked but it did um but i got into reading like really early as a child like as a third grader dude i crushed novels absolutely novels like big time and that's gonna start a trend here of like stories that weren't really like stories i don't think most kids that are like 9 10 11 years old are reading uh but it was for pizza hut uh personal pan pizza oh, and I was all okay. about yeah, it. I remember that. Yeah, so I was like let's do this thing plus um the dollar store at the time I think it was called. Was there's no dollar tree, there's no dollar general. It was like D&K or something like that. But okay. it was a, it was a dollar store in East River, you know, where I live now. And uh I would go and pick up these tiny little paperback novels. And they're not they're thick though, you know what I mean? But they're like they're um Pocket sized. It's right. like really weird when the print was t- super tiny, but whatever, I got through it. So, my first one in this series of books was Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Oh, yes. It's one of my favorite musicals. Um, and I just love the characters and I love that grimy London scene. It's something I've always been interested in. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, his Christmas Carol is one of my favorite stories ever. Um, never read a novel on it though. I do read it like.
0: I think I have that
2: here too. Yeah, I I had my mom used to get
0: uh these used to call them like great illustrated classics and it was like these these hardcover books. There was like Around the World in Eighty Days, oh, Oliver yeah, Twist, yeah. Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is another great one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I that was one of my favorites. I, I love the cover on it so.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, I from from Fagin to I, Oliver was I didn't care about him. Yeah, he's the main character, but like uh, Fagin and and then Billy being like literally the worst, one of the worst human beings I've ever read <laughs> in a story oh, ever. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun to read as a child. Like I was reading like classic novels. Yeah, instead of like you know, hop on pop, hop on pop. <laughs> yeah, all those Doctor Seuss one.
0: Yeah, people. That's part of the reason, though, why, like, I got super self-conscious about it. Because I was like, people would make me feel bad for reading that advanced shit. No,
2: it's stupid. No. Yeah, you it's, know. It's, it, dumb, but I though. get it. I it's, mean, I totally, I, I don't know. Everybody's always trying to be cool. Yeah. And I, I don't know why reading isn't cool, but as a kid, it wasn't. It should have been. Yeah. yeah, it
0: should have been, and I'm mad. I'm, I'm almost mad at myself that I let myself be talked out of it. Mm-hmm. But need to. if you would
2: have had the bucket club, you would have been all right. I everyone... did. I had the buttons, and then oh. they stopped it. Well, these other kids don't want to get free pizza. What's wrong? What's wrong? I with don't them? know. I don't want to be their friends, anyways. You know what I mean? We screw those kids. See, that was nice because that was incentive based. And then
0: part of the one thing that killed it is that they used to have these ELA classes mm-hmm. in elementary school where you had to read half an hour a night, and record what you read about. And Mm. that's when it felt like homework, and that was like... I don't like to be forced... Nobody likes to be forced to do anything, right? Especially, like, reading. Like, I get it, you gotta push reading and stuff, but, damn, when you make it feel like a job? (laughs) You know? I gotta do math class, and you make it be math homework, and I gotta read
1: tonight? Yeah, F all that. Yeah. (laughs) Still wanna do that. So, Uh.
0: I remember, we used to have one of those crappy, like, Paper, like it was like a notebook, but it was like like a packet, like a work packet they'd staple it together. And Mm -hmm. all right, you got to write in what you did for the night. So, yeah, but great choice on Oliver Twist. Uh, That is a classic. That is a classic. Yes, it is. Can't beat that.
1: So, very nice. So, my number eight, um, I'll also throw it back to my childhood for this one. Um, As a kid, one of my favorite series to read was the Goosebump series by R.L. Stine. Ah, yes. There you go. And so I was thinking about books and thinking about that and how I uh, I loved reading them and how there were so many good ones and I was trying to think of one in particular that I liked most and I have to go to – I'm trying to remember what number it is in the series – Um, I can't remember which number it is, but the title of this one is called How I Learned to Fly, and it's about this kid who he's, I think, in, like, middle school, and he is trying to, like, uh, impress this girl. He's going through his typical stuff of, like, you know, I feel like there's nothing special about me or I I want something, like, some kind of talent or whatever – so he finds this book in this house uh that has these instructions on like how you can Here, pull the mic down a little bit uh on how you can fly you and uh, like how to uh i pulled a be on that one um, <laughs> I, on how to fly and uh how to if you follow these specific steps this will happen so he he uses it and he learns it, but it like takes such an unexpected turn and uh he ends up being like looked at way more than he actually wants to be. And like at one point the government steals him and starts like doing all these experiments on him because like they, so it like it turns out, but then spoiler alert for this book, that's like 20 years old or whatever. (laughs) I thought it was so like 30 now. Yeah. I thought it was such a cool take because in the, at the end he's supposed to do something on this TV show, like this huge somewhere he flies and he realizes he can't do it anymore. He's like, I can't like something happened in a war. like, I can't do it. So like, oh, no, they like, like all the here, eyes. Here. So <laughs> yes. he so he starts on, um, but the end of the book, he's talking about like, Oh, I do this with my friends after school. now I love being home with my parents, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, he says, he says something like that. Like, um, everything's been so much better since the day I faked, like I couldn't fly. And he was like, he was like, oh, you thought I really couldn't? He was like, no. He was like, I just didn't want the attention on it anymore. And it turns out he still can, but now he just, like, sneaks out every night and, like, goes somewhere. Mm. And it was, like, it was a cool ending to that story. They always it was had like, cool endings. Yeah, And, yeah, and yeah, but it was... Always. That was a cool one in particular because it wasn't really scary. Some of them, like, scared the crap out of me. But this one wasn't scary. It felt like it, it was, con- like kind of living the dream everybody has of wanting to fly. Yeah. But he doesn't regret it. He gets away with it in the end. And I thought that was such a cool thing. That is neat. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll never forget,
0: so this is the newer Goosebumps movies with Jack Black and stuff. And uh, he he, he it was, I think it was the end of the first one where he's talking about there's the beginning, the middle, and the twist. <laughs> That's how he described it. And ever since then, every time I watch a Goosebumps show, every time I read a Goosebumps book, that's all I pick up on. There's always
1: a good twist in a Goosebumps book.
0: That that was his specialty. That was his, like, if he was a wrestler, that was his signature move was the twist at the (laughs) end. He did a really, really good job of it. And that's why R.L. Stein is one of the most iconic authors of all time.
2: The story of how him and Scholastic Books became this, like, machine is a really fascinating story. I have to look at I up. listened to a podcast um Wizard and a Bruiser. Um they just cover nerd stuff and they they covered it and it was a fantastic I think it was a Scholastic if you want to look for it on your podcast apps uh is their the topic was Scholastic. Okay. So that's awesome. Interesting. It was so good.
1: Yeah, you're right, though. He's like the Shyamalan of children's Yeah, yep. he,
2: he, he messed you up. I, there was, I mean, there was a lot of Goosebumps episodes that I was scared to watch as a kid. I mean, he, he single-handedly made me actually look at dummies for the first time and go, they are kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So knew, they knew how to like, take stuff like that you see
0: all the time as a child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Gnomes.
2: Noms. I love that one. Noms. The yeah. Noms one's a good one. Say cheese and die. The mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the
0: Halloween masks. Have you ever seen that one? Where the, the,
1: they put the mask on and come alive? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the Haunted Mask. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Curse of the Mummy. There a were tons of I still have I a bunch yeah. of them. I still have, like... Do you really? I think I still have, like, the first 50 of them, because I collected all of them at a point. It's impressive. Okay.
2: They're, in, they're in
1: boxes somewhere. <sighs> uh, I've, got, uh, I've got
2: them in my cave. Do you? Yeah. And the so choose your good. own
1: adventure ones that he did yeah. were always so, oh, good. and then the, the good slightly scarier
2: uh, Fear Street, yeah, which he did oh, as well.
1: Yeah, yes, yes, that's right.
2: Wow, yeah, man, he so was many great. good memories.
0: Great choice, thank great you. Choice. Big part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm glad that's
2: well represented on this. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. All right, my number this is eight, right? Mm-hmm. All right, this one was one of the ones that helped get my ass into gear. Um, this past summer, like late, it's, it's probably right around September, or October. Um, it's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins.
1: You ever heard oh, of this guy?
0: Great book. Great book. You ever hear of him? Mm-mm. Okay. This dude is like one of the greatest, like, runners, like of all time. Like, um, military guy, I think. What was his military
1: division?
2: I can't I'm, remember. I'm
0: pulling
1: up his credentials.
0: Thank so you. Can... He's from Buffalo.
2: No, okay.
0: He was born and raised in Buffalo. His dad ran a roller skate rink in Buffalo that and he was just his dad was re a really bad dude. Like abused his mom, abused him and his brother. But his dad ro, uh, owned a roller skating rink somewhere in the Buffalo area, and guys like Rick James and all the like the local celebrities and football players would kind of come through and there was a lot of there was a where a lot of trouble was. And uh He eventually bounced out and moved around a couple spots. And, and, but he he took, like, he let a lot of that stuff affect his upbringing, right? He just let the world around him kind of just affect him. He he got gained a ton of weight. He was having relationship issues, uh, depression. Then one day he said, fuck it. I'm just going to, excuse my language. Sorry, Mama Torres. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always, always thinking of Mama Torres, right? When I swear. he's just like i'm just going to just go and just do this and be better and dude had lo- lose like almost 100 pounds or over 100 pounds to to, to make it into some kind of like uh training mm-hmm. for the military very inspirational stuff about just really looking at yourself in the mirror and saying you know just picking at yourself like right like what don't you like about yourself be open and honest about it and then go make it better mm-hmm. right just this dude didn't let he he didn't let uh racism hold him down he didn't let child abuse hold him down he didn't let failure uh any of his past failures anything like that this dude would run these these gigantic like long long i don't even know if they're called marathons but we were running for like a day on end like mm-hmm. just literally just like it's normal to just shit on yourself while you're running yeah and, and like that's and this dude would just go um Great, great book. Uh, I let somebody borrow it. I don't think I'm getting it back. I'm probably gonna reorder it this week. Um, probably gonna reorder it this week. But it was it was so good. It, it made me want, just look in the mirror and you know when I mean you guys all seen me how big I was, and I'm just like, dude, I can't keep going on like this. I gotta look in the mirror and be like, okay, this ain't cool. This ain't right. And this is motivation because this dude, I mean, he just. And he's really, really motivational. You, you can look up YouTube videos to just him, people pulling
1: his quotes, mm-hmm. just being a badass. Oh, it's the best. He's, he's one of the most motivational people I've ever. He heard puts of. videos on Twitter and Instagram all the time where it's just like a guy either biking or uh, like driving next to him, and it'll just be taking a, He'll just be taking a video of him jogging, and Goggins will be like, "So I woke up this morning." And I didn't want to get up and do this run. But you know what? I said to myself, this is going to be the start of something. And he'll just, like, be running and give, like, a four-minute inspirational speech. He'll be like, God damn, i got to get up and do something. He's awesome. I I
2: tried to walk and talk that much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was one where it was, like, pouring rain or something like that I seen. And he goes, yeah. Somebody asked me, "Why? What am I? What are you doing out here, running in the, in the in the rain and cold?" He goes, "I'm out here because you're not." Oh. And I was like, Jesus, that's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Like, and that's how like I I I kind of attack things now. Like, I'm not a follower. I don't no. want to be a follower. I want no, to kind no. of do stuff because I want to do it. You know, and I'm I gotta stop letting fear dictate. My life and my life choices. A lot yeah. of regrets letting that happen. So Goggins, David Goggins, can't hurt me. Shout out to Walker, uh, our buddy Walker, on the Two Point Show. He recommended it to me, and I absolutely adored it. So thank you. Um, that's a great one. That's, that's my awesome. birthday, buddy. It is. That's right. You guys do <laughs> have the same
2: birthday. All right. Bri, you're number seven. Yeah. time. It's getting it's getting tighter now. Yes. Yes, it we is. As I'm. I think I'm gonna have to put. I'm gonna put Journey to the Center of the Earth by Jules Verne here. Okay. Mm. Jules Verne is by far, b- besides Tolkien, we'll get there. He was my favorite writer. He does such a good job of writing humor, and the same time world building. Like it's it's unique to like balance the two. Like Mark Twain. Amazing comedic writer. Yeah, mm-hmm. like read literally read Huck Finn with an open mind and understand. Then and, and Tom Sawyer, all those other short stories too. They wrote that he's such a witty dude, but it's in like real life scenarios. You know what I mean? It's like common stuff. Jules Verne invented time travel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this guy is amazing at just world building, but his. His comedic touch is, like, my favorite. Like, yeah. of all the classic novels I've read, all his are my favorites, for sure. That is a good one. Yeah. And he, he made good movies by doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the Wilfair one, it cracks me up. Like, he's funny, right? But, like, the story itself, if you read the novel, is a funny story. I don't know why I thought it was...
0: I got it confused with the Rock and the Race to Witch Mountain. <laughs> I don't know
2: why I got this too confused for a second. Then you said Will, Will Ferrell. I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, Will Ferrell and who's the, the, the guy? Uh, oh, I can't remember from that. from Pineapple Express the one that's wearing like the gets beat up all the time in the movie. What's his name? Oh, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, but he he's in yeah, the, he's in the can... baseball show. Yeah, I used I to call him face. by
0: that name, too. It was the HBO show. Oh, God. Kenny Powers?
2: <sighs> yeah. Who's the guy that plays Kenny Powers? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't think of his name. But I used to call him. Like, He's on I'm his a, Googler. He's and Dan's going to hook us up. Dan's the Googler
0: today. He's the Googler. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to go, like, oh, shit, that Kenny Powers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I knew him by.
2: Uh, Danny McBride. Yes. There we go. Yes. There he goes. I always feel... And s- he's he's phenomenal in that Yeah, movie. He, is, but, he is. He is. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the same dude in every movie. He's great. The other reason you're going to see a lot of classic novels pop up for me is because I honestly... I don't know, man. Like, I've tried reading other fictional stories that people have written over the years, and they never compare. No. They just don't. Those are
0: measuring sticks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, I mean, I think, and two, when we're growing up in, high, in elementary school, middle school, high school... Those are the only, always the ones that we end up reading, right? Those yeah. are always the ones they point to, like, okay, we're going to cover this. Let's read this and then and do a whole thing about it because they are so great. You know, I, Romeo and Juliet, I read that in, in high school. I know it's a play, but it's obviously a book, and but that's a classic. Yeah. Because it's so iconic. So. Yeah.
2: Right. The the one I will never recommend, uh, it's not Jules Verne. I don't know who wrote it, but Moby Dick. Right, everyone knows it's a classic novel, Moby Dick. I don't recommend it because it's so slow, but I learned recently that it's built up to be kind of a slow, drawn out, and then then gets very exciting towards the end. Mm -hmm. It's set like a whaling voyage. That's how whaling voyages would be. It would take a long time to find your whales, and then eventually they would start finding a bunch of them and unfortunately killing a lot of them. Mm Um, and the guy that wrote Moby Dick uh, was a whaler for at least a few years of his life, hmm. which is interesting. And it's based off of, and I recommend learning about this, the um, Essex. The Tragedy of the Essex, which is a oh, whaling yes, ship yes. that okay. got pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty wild. I don't yeah. know if I've ever read Moby Dick before. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> read like an abridged version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: And it kind of makes it move it along a little. Or maybe like the last like 10 chapters or something like mm-hmm. that. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Uh, let's move on to another classic novel then, too, since we're on this subject of it. Uh, I'll put this in my number seven. Uh, the Alexand- uh, the Alexandre Dumas classic, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. Have you ever read Count of Monte Cristo? I did. So I recently brought you this up it, to yes, Matt. yes. Um, I can't remember what we brought up on the last episode we were on together, but uh I had mentioned it. I love this story because it's a great story of a guy who was wrongly put in prison uh by three people who were very jealous of him and spent is supposed to spend a life sentence there, ends up serving like 12 years or something ridiculous like that, 12 or 15 years. Uh it Me- makes a friend while he's in there who the friend is tunneling out most of the time. The friend dies Uh and he ends up taking the spot, like switching out uh, his friend's body and going in the body bag and going out that way and escaping like that. But what he doesn't realize is they just kind of chuck the bodies off the cliff <laughs> w- when uh, they get rid of them. So he gets thrown off the cliff in this bag, survives that, and this guy had told him if you get to this one place, you're going to be set for life. And he goes to this island, and there's like a billion dollars in jewels on this island. So that he comes back with this totally different persona and just starts taking his revenge on these guys one by one. Like just starts using his power to like get them kissing his ass, and yeah. then he slowly just ruins That's their lives beautiful. one by one. It's so good. It's so good, and it like it makes you feel bad that he it feels so good that he's just getting back at these dirtbags that totally ruined his life for no reason at yeah, all. Yeah, they just like decided one day, yeah, let's put him in prison, and then it just gets back to them. It's it's indescribable how good it is. There's a movie. Um, I can't remember who's in the movie, but the original. I know that. Uh, his friend in prison, the older guy, is played by the first guy who played Dumbledore. Okay. I can't remember what his name mm. is off the top of my head. Um but it's a fantastic story. Even the movie's worth a watch if you like just have time and you want to sit down and yeah, watch it.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't hate finding that. So, so I wouldn't uh, hate reading it. Shoot. It, the the tower and the, the castle that he's like imprisoned in. Um so for my Microsoft Wallpaper it rotates on its own because I can't change it. Work settings. Okay. I'm, I'm, on my computer, I'm not allowed to change any of settings. So, anyways, it, it's just a screensaver, a background, whatever, and it changes on its own one time, and it always has like interesting facts about whatever the picture is. And it was like this castle uh, was the setting of a classic novel. I'm like, is that is that the inspiration for the Count of Monte Cristo? Like the south of france right mm-hmm. yeah and it was dude it's gorgeous I dude was prison and like in a beautiful place. but yeah. you're still stuck in prison. So, <laughs> just like yeah.
1: stu- just totally stuck doing nothing at nothing. all just solitary yeah.
2: confinement. But if you were to go outside, dude, it's like 75 and sunny. Really? And like, yeah, <laughs> Man. A beautiful place. If you were like vacation, yeah, south yeah. of cool <laughs> France.
0: France. Like, you me? Uh, I I'd love. I I'd, do want to go see France someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: All right. Very oui, oui. good. Wee wee. All right. My number seven uh, this is my first of many history books on this list. Uh, This one is The Napoleonic Wars. All right. Uh, I am a huge Napoleon nut. I've openly said that on this show many a times. And I will grab and read anything I can um, about Napoleon. I still have to read the uh, hemorrhoids one. Right? Was it Napoleon and his hemorrhoids? <laughs> I still got to find that one.
2: I want to just leave you hanging on it. I, yes, read it about the hemorrhoids. I'm gonna read it about no. it.
0: This book was so well done. <laughs> I I love. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a big when it comes to book reading, like or just history in general. Like war is kind of my 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 go to. Classic war is is interesting. Mm. Hate it. I hate the idea of war, but I'm always interested by war. Yeah. Um, this book was so well done. At first, I was like, man, there's, there's some parts that are just, are just kind of duds. But what it did was take the beginning of Napoleon's life and his rise to power, all right? And then after, so, after a certain point, it goes to every single country affected by the Napoleonic Wars, by Napoleon, and does an entire chapter on said country, so there's a country or there's a chapter on the United States and how Napoleon, uh, Napoleon and the Napoleonic Wars affected the U.S., uh, the Ottoman Empire, Russia, Great Britain, uh, even like and there's some like just other like very like rant, Prussia, all these places, and it gives like very detailed chapters. So I, I it took me out of it sometimes because you'd be jumping back and forth in time. Based on the chapter you go, to, you'd hit. Mm-hmm. But I just, in hindsight, at, at the conclusion of the book, which is just again, it was just so well done. I was like, wow, this is like, it's like the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's uh, here's the Ant Man story, and here's the Guardian story, and here's the Avengers story, and how it all builds up to Infinity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's how they. Built this up because that's how it's how they did it, right? So they, again, Napoleon and his rise, his, his birth, rise to power, then it hit all the countries, and then and then the conclusion of of the Napoleonic Wars, right? Mm-hmm. His exile, his second exile, Battle of Waterloo, all that stuff, and and his death ultimately. And I was like, this is good. I like stuff like that. I would love to. I I wouldn't hate finding a World War Two book that did it like that. You know what I mean? Or there's, I'm sure there's multiple books, history books, that you can approach like that. So The Napoleonic Wars, um, that is my number seven. I should probably have the author.
2: Um, uh, let's see. Albert Barron? Uh, Napoleonic Wars. You might be right. I I was looking it up as you were talking. It's like, I kind of know what this is. So It's I can...
0: good. I mean, I have it right over there. Um, this is it. It's... Alexander, Mc, hmm. Mac- Micah <laughs> nailed it. Uh, <laughs> nailed it. Perfect. Pronunciation's not my strong suit, but um, but yeah, it's uh. This is a really good one. I, I think, Brian, I know with the audio books, I think you might appreciate listening to this at some point.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm going to look forward on my Libby app. There you go. Which is the free audio book uh, if you have a library. I see you're, uh, you're leaving. You're uh, leaving Audible behind? Yeah. yeah. It's not, there's no point. <laughs> it costs too much. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It does cost a lot. Uh, all right, buddy. We are on to our number six. Here we go and it's only going to get nerdier from here on out. Let's so I'm go. I'm already mad at myself cuz I made such a horrible error by saying that <laughs> Jules Verne invented time machine when in fact it was H.G. Wells The Time Machine. <laughs> mm. Another fantastic um classic novel that I read oh so long ago but it is stuck in my memory and I I love the movies that like came out of like the 50s where they were taking all these like um I don't think it was a Disney film but it's like it's filmed in the same way like very psychedelic kind of like trippy like background as he's going through his time travel and then even you know like when he actually gets back and then has to fight all these like monsters that live in this you know futuristic time you know such a fun creative story the one's again this guy created out of nothing like he's the first one to ever think of something like this mm-hmm. like it's fantastic and it's so well written and it's not long. That's the other thing I love about these novels. They're not very long. Those classic ones are not very long no. at all, no. But good storytelling, once again, world-building, fantastic. Which is what I love. That's that's a strength that I think a lot of people lose some sometimes. Authors nowadays, you pick up a
0: book and the characters just don't hit you the same. They're forgettable. Uh, they're, they're very forgettable. The characters aren't relatable. You don't care about them as much and a lot of the ones you've mentioned i'm like wow they're they're actually really really well done no really well written really well made you care about them you remember the name by the time the book ends i can't tell you how many like the of stories i've read uh not not recently because now i get I'm a little bit more selective over i i can actually choose what i want to read versus school telling me what i i, I should read but these novels I read in, in, in high school and stuff, and I couldn't tell you what the characters' names were, <laughs> and 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 really whole lot about them except for the name and maybe a major plot point.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. all right, very good, Dan. Your number six. My number six is going to be um, the book Rage by Richard Bachman, who is the um, the pseudonym for Stephen King. Oh. It, it, Stephen King uh, penned a couple of books under this name, and this one in particular I liked a lot because it's not your typical, like, monstery kind of Stephen King. It's about it's about a school shooter. Um, it's about this kid who walks into his classroom, kills his homeroom teacher, and then takes the class hostage, and he, like... They kind of just sit and talk about why he's at that point and what he's and what he's doing there, and like all these old stories from their heart. It's it's hard to describe, but the concept is so interesting because it's like kind of teen angst, teen angst, but explaining like the angst and like in his perspective and what, and it kind of ends in like a weird way you wouldn't expect to. So, um. It's very interesting Stephen King writing. He's very descriptive and sometimes that takes away from him. There he writes some weird stuff sometimes. Yeah.
2: Um can't do, yes. do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hell of a um, drug, man. Hell of a drug.
1: But for this one it, it, the stuff he used worked really well. And um I very much enjoyed it. I remember really being uh captured by it when I read it. Uh so yes, Rage by Richard Bachman, aka Stephen
2: King, okay. is Monday. That's 6. that's right up my alley.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cause, I mean, it's
0: the subject hits home. It's a short I'll read obviously. too. I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's again. That's always a plus. His that's short stories. stories are amazing. So yeah,
1: so good. You
0: know, I appreciate a short book.
1: And there's that's there's a sure. reason he's as revered as he is. Yeah, like, there's it's undeniable that he's an incredible author.
2: Yeah, I think the best Stephen King uh, you know, movie uh, like adaptation was Stand by Me, and that was a short story by Stephen King called The Body. Yep, was it really? Yeah. Shawshank was a st- uh, was a short story too. Too. Yep. Yeah, which that Hulu show they did did a really good job of tying in.
1: Yeah. That all that cool. Stephen
2: King universe. Huh. I'm not gonna give it a shout out because whatever, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I care. Listeners might care. Oh, okay, well, go for the Hulu Stephen King series. The I don't tower? remember. Isn't that what it's maybe, called? Maybe. Uh, I don't Something like remember. that. I don't know. All right, never mind. Don't don't talk about <laughs> it. There's an episode. <laughs> there's an episode in that series though where it takes place in Shawshank, and it was one of the most yes. messed up scenes I've ever seen on a uh, TV series. Yeah. Shout out Stephen King. All right. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that little known writer, author, yes. dude. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, my number six. This is another history book. Uh, One of my favorite presidents, it was, I've been, actually, I was looking for this book for a long time. This is James Monroe uh, a Life, and uh, James Monroe is our fifth president, uh, and the last of, they call them, the Virginia Dynasty. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's by Tim McGrath. It's about 600 pages or so, and he's kind of like this forgotten founding father, and that's one of the things that's always appealed to me, and... uh, and this is like the first, like in depth. Aside from reading his Wikipedia page, his first, like in depth, look at James Monroe's life. Uh, the Monroe Doctrine is one of my favorite foreign policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it basically, it it cut out. It said that any involvement of a European country in it coming over to the Americas, North, South, Central, was an act of war against the America against. The United States, spheres of influence, stuff like that, and um, he had a really good cabinet. And he he was very, he liked to be, uh, what's the word for it? It's partisan, bipartisan, bipartisan. bipartisan. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he took a lot of influence from from George Washington, who was a, a mentor in a way. But he was, uh, in, in a sense, uh. But he lived a really incredible life. And one of the things I, I like about this book, as well as another book on my list, is that we all know the topic of slavery is very controversial, right? We always you know, like to think, man, what if they just pulled the trigger and ended it back then? You get to hear their in-depth thoughts because it takes from other people's accounts and letters and, of course, their own letters mm-hmm. uh, you know, between, between people and, and, of course, just historical fact. Uh, their mentality on slavery, and actually, uh, and again, Monroe. It, it was just a tough time because basically the entire country was always like on the brink of civil war since it got started, all the way to the actual civil war, and even uh, unfortunately to this day. Um, and he had to navigate it carefully, and unfortunately involved kicking the can down the bucket. But he he actually created a he found a way to get slaves exported out of the United States and uh, oh god it's is a country off the coast of Africa that actually Monroe uh, something Monroe is the capital of it they named it after him and it was a place for for slaves to kind of to 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 go and, and find their freedom elsewhere but um, always really like Monroe. Again, I've been dying f- to find a book like this for a long time. Finally found it in January at Barnes & Noble, and uh, I, I I I absolutely loved it. So um, great read, great read, and that is my number
1: six. I've heard you talk about that book a couple of I know you really like James Monroe. Yeah. So it, that made sense to me that that's on your... Yeah, because,
0: he, he, I don't know, he's not, like, again, he's not super popular. He's not one of, like, the big like anchor ones like Washington or Lincoln or FDR or, you know, it's just some of the other ones that we've had in history. Um, But yeah, he's just, he's just super underrated. And uh, there someday I would like to do a president's list on this show. I think we all, uh, I think, you and I had the mental maturity to handle that one, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, versus, sure. uh, Unlike some some other people that I spoke to, Brian, you would be more than welcome to, to participate in that. I one. wasn't sure what side I was falling on there. For <laughs> no, a second. I was like, oh shit, Brian probably thinks I think he's a whack job. No, you are <laughs> more more than uh, mentally capable. So maybe uh, we'll, we'll figure that one down the road. But for sure. Um,
2: but yeah, James Monroe in life really loved the, uh, the the book on it. So. Okay. Number six. Recommendation for your next president. Uh, obviously, you're going to get the grant.
0: Yes. you got to yeah, go in the
2: book. So after that, David McCullough, who uh, wrote 1776, which we were talking about. That's I the bought year. it. Yep. You bought that. Um, he also does one on Truman that I'm going to listen to soon. Oh, oh really? I'm really? excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Very fascinating. Truman's um, interesting Truman. one. Yeah. I also read a book. Uh, Eisenhower was really good. The Age yeah. of Eisenhower. He's loved it. He's on my list of like goats of being president, especially because yes. of the way he went out.
0: I highly recommend that one. Okay, but um, yeah, Age of Eisenhower, really good one. But uh, yeah, all right. Now, now I'm definitely want to do. Uh, <laughs> now I definitely want to <laughs> do a president. Me list. too. Me too. I <laughs> I already have it made out. I've had it made out for some time now. But um, yeah, I got a couple presidential books coming up. Teddy. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt I bought, I got a Reagan one, I got uh, the Grant one, and I actually just ordered a Calvin Coolidge one, which is actually a really good one, too. Mm. Um, That was an autobiography, though. I don't know how that's going to go. But um, we are on to our top five now.
2: Yeah, let's keep it rolling with some classics, and we'll bring back another Jules Verne. This actually was the first classic uh, novel that I read, and the reason I picked it out was because I'm such a fan of the movie. It's a Disney film uh, from probably the 60s, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Ah, yes, very nice. The movie might actually be better than the book. It's very rare. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just because, I don't know, I thought they did such a good job of creating that story at a time like that where, you know, technology is super limited in the 60s of what you're able to accomplish. And and trying to talk about a submarine that smashes into ships that looks like a sea monster, like, you know, it's kind of a... um you know, a big budget film, like now you would picture, like, it, how much would that cost? Like, $600 million to make, or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I think they accomplished so much. I love the characters so much. Um, it, it's a really fun story. Um, and it really was from, like, the movie. Like, I was, like, saw that movie as a kid i like, this movie's so fun. And my dad's like, you know, it's like a book, you know. And I was like, really? It was based on a book? All right, cool. And then it happened to get into that book it thing, and the whole novel's buying them. I'm like, I want that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: a, that's a vintage one. I've, I've, I've definitely read it. I don't know if I own the book or not, but they used to have a ride at Disney, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And you could still see the remnants of it. They mm-hmm. closed it down years ago. But you, you just go underwater and ride through. It right by Ariel's grotto. But you can still see the track from it. That's cool. And uh, I, I love seeing stuff like that.
2: Journey to the Center of the Earth probably is a better book, if I'm judging the two against each other. Uh, but th- for me personally, it's just because the movie is so good. Right. No, I
0: get that. I get that.
2: And Journey to the Center of the Earth, the original is kind of corny at times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, what is it, right? All right. Very yeah. good. Dan, you're number five. My number five is going to be – this is where I'm going to put And Then There Were None. Um, it's an Agatha Christie novel. Uh, it's a mystery. Uh, it's also referred to as Ten Little Indians uh, because of the rhyme that is used in uh, the story. But it's a murder mystery basically. Ten people on an island. They each uh get killed in a different way that coincides with this poem. Okay. And it's kinda like a who done it or who's gonna do it throughout the end. I actually saw it as a play first um over at the Ghost Light, and it oh, scared the crap out of me. They 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 did it so good uh when I was younger. It was one of my first years there. And after that is when I actually read like the novelization of it, and the novelization is really, really, really good. Agatha Christie's an amazing mystery writer, as it is, yeah. But that's one of uh, my favorite works of hers, and it's one of my favorite stories ever, and so it had to make my list. So, and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Okay, very good. I'm not familiar with that. I know I, I've heard
0: of Agatha Christie. I, I've heard of Agatha Christie. I trying to
1: think of some books that i may have read i'm hoping my mom uh i'm hoping her jaw dropped hearing that because she loves mystery and she loves agatha christie so i'm hoping that so she's I got upset some oh did oh, a good that, way oh, okay that i got some there but um the mousetrap is her most famous work i would say and it's it's done in play form tons around the world
0: okay mm. i'm gonna add her to the author list yes. i gotta get an author list going too um Excellent. Very good. Thank you, sir. My number five is another, probably the second most, second or third most important book, uh, with getting my mentals all in order. Uh, This is this book is called "The Forty Eight Laws of Power" by Robert Greene. I had this suggested to me by uh, my friend Big O from work that I I, I mentioned uh, him in the teacher's list because uh, he taught me this. Man, what a great read. Very detailed. It changed the way that I just maneuvered through life just reading it. I read it in January or February, and it helped me learn so much about the way that I carried myself as mm-hmm. a person. <sighs> I... It's crazy. It it, it just navigating just, just through people. Right? You know, some of the, the, the things that it would teach you are just like moving in silence, uh and it, making yourself scarce, but obviously it would expand on it like so much more uh in, in so much better detail. And I've applied that with a lot of things, with a lot, you know, just uh the way I handle social media now. So I did come back to social media and I i don't post nearly as much as I don't, I don't know if you guys notice this. No, I,
2: I, I notice you liking mine and my wife's stuff a lot. That's what I notice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But, I, I mean, I've always kind of done that, right? No. Well, well, you took the break. I'm just saying, like, you come back and I think you're, I don't know, you're going to tell us. But, like, me, like, I'm, like I was like, all right, he's getting back into social media. Like, I don't want this to mess up a good thing. Like cause no. you got a good thing going We've taken the break, but it seems like you're managing it well so far. I don't feel the need to post every day. Yeah, okay.
0: I don't feel the need to post every day, and that's there's a reason there's a reason behind that. It's a making yourself scarce kind of thing. Mm. Um, I don't want people knowing knowing what I'm doing all mm-hmm. the time. If that makes sense, yeah. I, I don't want like there's something that I, I, I've learned. Uh, obviously, I've lost a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. Last time I lost a ton of weight, I felt the need to post every single milestone for for likes, for clout. It felt good, yeah. but it's like you're telling people to look at me. Hey, look at me! Now it's really cool when I'm like when people see me and they're like, "Holy shit, you lost a lot of weight," and you can like actually have a conversation about it. That's yeah. yeah, one of those. That's one of those things, and. People like a little mystery. I, I found that people like a little mystery. I've been an emotional open book my entire life on social media. It was one of the worst things to happen to a person like me. And now I know how to hone in, have a little discipline. They, they, they do a lot of good examples. They, so the book, again, they have their 48 laws. They discuss... Um, transgressions of the law, so people violating the law of power and what it what happened, and people who observed it and 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 good things came. Uh, I mean, there's there's strategy stuff in it all the time, right? Napoleon was frequently referenced in this book as transgression <laughs> transgressor of laws. Going into, right, he's doing good, doing good. Got the French Empire going. He doesn't know when to stop. He invades Russia. Yeah. His his empire collapses, or his attitude. It it uses a lot of great examples. It's it's a lot to hand. It's a lot to handle. I was warned about it beforehand, but this book is super important to me, changing and evolving as a person. Mm-hmm. So,
2: is it told by the author? Do you know? What do you mean? What? <laughs> Sorry, I do because I listen to books. That's how I like. I'm always curious. I'm like, I wonder if the the guy that wrote it is the one that's going to tell me the story. Oh yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Oh. Yeah. That was a joke for myself. Yeah. That was a selfish joke. No, right it didn't go over, over head. your head. It wasn't even meant for you. I'm a, I'm much shorter than you, so that was my height, not your height.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good one. If you guys are looking for just a, just a, a whole change in the way you see the world. I, yeah, I've I never done it.
2: this. I've never done, the like, the self-help or even, it's like, good inspirational intermittently. books. Like it's that. good
0: intermittently. I I, like, pounded a lot of self-help books around the same time, so... I'm not going to say I got burned out, but it became a, a a little bit at points where now I'm just like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars fiction, history. Um, it's good if if you're reading a lot of books, maybe one in every five. Okay, okay. So, but it, I think it's important. I I adapt with what I read a lot. Yeah, and yeah, okay. this one, this is a good one. So, uh, that is my number five, the Forty
2: Eight Laws of Power. Love it. All right, thank you, Brian. You're number four. Right, this is the last one that falls into the same category that which I've been doing. But um, Jules Verne, once again, hands down, my favorite Jules Verne uh, Jules Verne book, uh, Around the World in 80 Days. Yes, the original movie based off of it is fantastic. Once again, set in the 50s or 60s, or whatever, I think from Disney. Um, and then the Jackie Chan save, one. Jackie Chan. It's freaking hilarious. So good. And dude, jo- Jules Verne's jokes in the novel land almost the same. Like, yeah. you don't have the slapstick, obviously. But like, the, the lackey in him, just like the way they work together and the way that, you know, he... He always keeps him as, you know, like you're the sidekick and, you know, I'm the main star and I'm the reason we're going on this 80-day journey, blah, blah, blah. And so he's always, but at the same time, he's always like, you know, he counts on him. I and mean, he knows that he's important to to, to support, yeah. you know what I mean? So even the this, this side character, which in, you know, the Jackie Chan version, that's Jackie Chan's character. Um, I always loved it. I was like, these two are like, they're like brothers, even though he's the servant. Mm-hmm. But like. That's only like when you see it from like his fellow rich people's like eyes. Like he has a, of course he has a servant. We all have servants, and he's like, no, he's he's my friend. He's my brother, and they go on this amazing journey together. Yeah. It's a fantastic story. It is a good one. It's my favorite classic novel. So good. I definitely have that one around here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You, you can crush it in an
0: afternoon. Yeah, it's a quick. It's a quick read. Um, yeah. For for eighty days worth of worth of reading a <laughs> book, it's uh, uh, it's pretty quick. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but I do love it. I do love it. I almost forgot about the Jackie Chan movie. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah it was
2: rated. When yeah, did that underrated. come out? That was like early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at best, like mid two thousands. Yeah. I'm trying it, to think it, it of. I remember renting it for Blockbuster because
1: I think I remember seeing previews for that on the DVD for the. Uh, Sean Connery classic League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh man, that's definitely mid two (laughs) thousands. Yeah, definitely mid two thousands. Which actually, that movie, when you look back on it, it's not adapted that great. But I, I have a soft spot in my heart for that movie. I love that movie a lot. It is. It's really, really good. There's two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, perfect. Very good. All right. Very nice, Dan. Your number four. My number four. This is where I'll put my last um, biography on here, um, and also my other wrestling entry on this, which is Cheating Death, Stealing Life, the Eddie. Ah, uh, yes, story. sir. Man, my guy. That That's just... If you know anything about me, you know Eddie is my goat. You know that uh, I look up to him as a wrestler, as a performer, as an entertainer, and as a person, and this book is a big reason on why I look up to him as a person. That dude had some demons. He fought tooth and nail through these terrible, terrible, horrible demons his whole life and still ended somewhat on top with everything. I'm sure the heart failure he had was definitely connected to, like, steroid abuse and pill abuse that he's had in the past. And, you know, your body can only take so much yeah. punishment after a while. Um, but, man, if you read that book, you learned a few things. You knew he loved his family. He went through hell and came out on top, and he loved wrestling. He loved the business, and he loved the matches that he had with people, and, and, and his people within the industry he loved in particular. And there are some damn good stories that he tells in that and that's the piece of him that I always look to when I want to feel like he's alive again. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I look towards over looking back, like, through certain spots of Eddie's. Life.
0: Yeah, Eddie's great. And You yeah. he, he told me the story. Was that on the show you told the story? No, I didn't tell it on the show yet. Okay. You told me before. I want to do a wrestler's list someday. Yeah. I, someday, and hopefully we can make we can, that story happen. It's a really, meant, really good story. Oh,
1: shoot, I meant to bring that today. I was gonna bring it. That's I don't right. have it framed yet, but I.
0: That's you know, all right. We got time. We got cool. time. I can't wait to see that. There's a fun story behind it. I gotta read that one. I don't think I. I don't think I ever have. I'm Cheating death,
1: stealing one. life is definitely good. He talks about <laughs> the one time. I want to say it was wrestling in Mexico, and he's out doing this match, and he's like, he's like, God damn, he's like, this is stiff. He's like, what did they do? Why did they put under this? This is such a stiff ring. <laughs> He sat there tearing down after the show, and they take the canvas off, and it was just like it wasn't even wood or anything. It was just this concrete slab. Oh and they my had god! Put, like they had just put straw over it for like somewhat panic. <laughs> he was like, "Are you kidding?" What the? F- oh. But that's some of these like promotions that he was working for back in the day, like they didn't give a shit. No, I they didn't, didn't care what... about their ref
0: <laughs> I was gonna say like I had a bad one, but that's horrible. <laughs> I had one where they had the planks, but they they had like a thin bathroom rug and that oh, covered it, man. and there's no give on that. It was a six sided ring. It Was pretty cool, but like then... rat, like mice ran out of the rugs. I'm like,
1: this is the oh, worst. It was the worst ring
2: I've ever worked in. <sighs> he he's become one of my favorite wrestlers, Eddie. Oh, yeah. He's got a fun story, a good, a great redemption story. Yeah. Um. He's just he's the wrestler's wrestler in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like he was always willing to put people over. Yeah. And he well, executed. An he 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 took care of his fellow wrestlers. Yeah. Which is like now that I've learned so many other stories, are so you guys talking about and stuff like that? because um, I've always been on the side of wrestling. Like, I've I've always had friends that are way more into it than I was, but I loved it, like, yeah. to, at the same time. Yeah. But, like, seeing, like, and hearing stuff with just, like, these assholes who did nothing to take care of them, their fellow wrestlers, and just being horrible performers and putting people at risk. It's like, Eddie never did that. No. Ed, man, he man. sold everything as as hard as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And I got mad respect for the dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, he's... he's How long has he been gone now? Uh, He died in 06. Dang. So, oh my God, almost 20 years. 17 years then? I think it it makes it. He might have even died before. It was November. I
1: think it was November of 05. I think it was 05. Oh, Jesus. Let me see. I think it was just, yeah, it was just like 18. He was still wrestling, right? He was still wrestling. Yeah. That was the saddest day I've ever had in my life. (laughs) They were one of them, at least. Yeah, that was, I never cried. Like so hard. November thirteenth, two thousand five. Okay. 2005.
0: Yeah. I remember sitting in the basement bawling my eyes out.
1: That was that was wild.
0: Yeah. Um great choice. Great choice. Thank you, sir. My number four, this is where I'm going to put uh my oh god, which one do I do here? My last self help book. Okay. This one is uh Stoicism for Inner Peace by Einzinganger. Uh, I mentioned him on the uh, the teachers one. It's a YouTube channel that I follow. It's really helped me learn the uh, philo- Stoic philosophy, and he actually put out books. and This is one of the books that I decided to pick up. It's only a hundred or so pages, and it's 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 great. It's it's almost like my Bible for Stoicism and, and learning how to maneuver for life. This plus the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Uh, power couple, I have to say, because they kind of all go hand in hand. Uh, stoicism, there's just there's a lot of layers to it, but basically what I've learned from is removing um, ego and emotion from decision-making, all right? So, uh, and basically the biggest thing I've taken from stoicism in, in this book, for example, is that I can only control what I can control, and and i can't control other people their thoughts their reactions what they do it's it's beyond um and there's no sense giving uh up emotion to the actions of others right uh, it you just there's, there's literally nothing you can do No. so stoic it, it to me it was about accountability and if if you want so, essentially what i took from it if you want to do something it it comes from you uh, you do it. I'm I, I sounding like I'm all over the place with this, right? But, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but there's so many layers to it. There's it with 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 like relationships, right? Relationships. That's one of the hardest things. Breakups uh, and divorces are one of the most difficult emotional things we could do as humans. Um, I've actually been. I got this book for a friend who's going through a divorce, and he said it's helping him uh, because, unfortunately. The relationship is in the past, unfortunately. This is just an example. Mm-hmm. relationship is in the past, and while it may not have been his decision for the marriage to end, it was the other person's, and there's nothing you can do about that at that point. Once that decision's been made, and you can only use it to strengthen yourself and, and move onward. Um, yeah, there's stuff with relationships. There's stuff where it just – there's literally a chapter for everything, um, and I love it. I really do it's I think it was only twenty bucks on Amazon, and uh yeah, a hundred pages or so quick read. I think I read it in like two days, two and a half days and uh it's it's every chapter's like a page and a half or whatever, whatever, but there is something for everybody there, so stoicism for inner peace um that is my number four excellent love I love like that.
2: thank you all right, top three, top three now we'll finally get into something I listened to this year. <laughs> Uh the first uh Thrawn book with uh but written by Timothy Zahn. Yes, just sir. literally called Thrawn. That's Thrawn. it. And it's was my reintroduction to the character from a novel. And I had read previous books about him, but like it didn't stick. There's something about it now that these Star Wars stories stick better in my brain, and it must be because I care so much more about it. And because so much, so many more people are getting exposed and every day seems like Star Wars is just going to get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And so, like, I'm caught up in it. And now when I read these stories, like, the stories really stick in my head better. And Timothy Zahn's a phenomenal writer. He's really, really good. And he, you know, I listen to an audio form with voice acting, which makes it super fun, which I highly recommend to Matt um, to use my Audible account just so you can... Because I purchased them, so they're going to stay forever. So um, you can listen to and and hear his adaptation of uh, what the voice of Thrawn would sound like. So yeah. it's my last Star Wars book uh, on this list, and uh, it's really good. It's fun. You put me onto it, dude, and I wouldn't be as obsessed as I am with Thrawn right now if it wasn't
0: for you. So, um, And that first book is just like... It, it's great. It's It's... Oh, it's so it's so like it's like watching the dark knight
2: like mm-hmm. for me
0: right or, right dark knight yeah yes. where like everything is just so calculated that like there there isn't like a wasted moment in the story because it all just keeps building into something else it, it's it's a really good one it's a, it's a top it's a easily a top 5 star wars book for me hmm. easily a top 5 so um yeah, Thrawn's an incredible character, and now I'm obsessed. I, I bought the Just Ascendancy trilogy, and then Thursday I'm going to start Air to the Empire. And that book's coming in, and, and the whole are,
2: trilogy. Those are all Timothy's on as well, right? All, he, he, yeah, he's done. He's so, done. All. So he's been writing about Star Wars for like twenty something years. Mm-hmm. More with, than that, Air to the Empire, I think was '90s. 30-something 30, 30 years because I'm old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah. it's, it's I got to see when it originally came out, but I'm pretty sure it was like mid-90s, so almost 30 years. Dang, dude. I know. Crazy. Crazy. Dude. Wow.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, number three. My number three is going to be uh, the S.E. Hinton classic, The Outsiders. Um, I read this book two or three times in school, I think. I think I had to read it for both sixth and eighth grade such a damn good book. I just uh I I never in school understood why they made you read certain books and that was one of the few where I was like, okay, I get it. I get this why uh, why this could be a thing. Like the young version of like the greasers gang life for white kids <laughs> kind of. It's like that that's their exposure to like that life is like greaser lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um But just the themes uh, throughout it, uh, like the accidental murder and the running away and, like, taking on more responsibility than, like, your actual age should have you um, taking on. It's just one of those classics that really stuck with me my entire life to the point where I think I asked my mom for it for Christmas the one year. And read it like a third and fourth time because it, it just stuck with me that much. But The Outsiders has always been one of my favorite books uh, from middle school onward and probably will stick with me for life. So S.E. Hinton's The Outsiders comes in at my oh, number yeah. three.
0: Okay. Oh, that's a cool – oh, the first hardcover edition. That's kind of cool. It's a standalone.
1: It, uh, did you guys ever read it? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I know. No? Have. Not required. Oh, my God. It's me. really good. Um, it's, there's, there's a book, I think by S.E. Hinton as well, called That Was Then and This Is Now, that's, like, set in the same town, so it's, like, in the same universe, and they make references, kind of, to the first book, Mm -hmm. um, but they, they don't have, like, a direct sequel to it at all. It doesn't need one, honestly. This is amazing. It's a damn good book. She was fifteen
0: when she started writing the book and it was published when she was eighteen.
2: Yeah. Wow. It's a really, really good story. What's the, the she's a what's like when the kids are really good at playing piano when they're young?
1: Oh, Prodigy. Yeah. prodigy. She's a yeah. prodigy she's still at kickin'.
2: writing books. She's still
0: kicking.
1: I see. Seventy four years old, Tulsa, wow. Oklahoma. Okay. And it's it's a well written book. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. No spoilers there, Matt. Huh? No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm just adding uh, books I, to my list. I honestly, I think it's under 100, 100 pages. It's a very easy read. I just seen it's it was... It's probably uh, a avail- on 192. 192,
2: which is nothing. So give or take like a three-hour listen, you're saying?
1: Yeah, less than that. <laughs> less than that. The movie's pretty good, too. Young Tom Cruise <clears throat> is in that movie, and a young um, Patrick Swayze
2: is also in that movie.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> there, yeah. Oh, man. That's
2: some good. It's stuff. not a Scientology book, right? No, too early. Too cool, early. Cool.
1: This is pre-even Mission Impossible.
2: <laughs> this is pre-jump him jumping
1: on Oprah's couch. That's <laughs> that says something. Oh, good times! I remember that.
0: Uh, all right, my number three. This is where I'm putting my Star Wars book and my Thrawn book. I think Brian probably knows which one I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm gonna put Thrawn Alliances here. So this is the sequel uh to the original Thrawn book. I've talked about it before. I, again, it has the magic of of Timothy Zahn writing it. Uh it's a it's the Thrawn character and great. And the plus the reason why I love this one so much more is because it's got Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying that everyone's like, Duh, they're both the same person. It's a split story. So Thrawn, uh, basically, simply put, uh, Thrawn and Vader are sent on a mission, I, I forgot the planet's name, but it's basically to hunt, it, it was the Grisk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to go after the Grisk. They ha- however, Thrawn, many years prior, knew Anakin Skywalker. He met him on a mission um, within the same planet. And, and every couple chapters, it jumps back and forth in time. So it's perfect. It has... You know, uh, Clone Wars. You know, Anakin Skywalker, Padme, and 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 a young younger Thrawn, and then we have you know G- Galactic Empire, Vader, and, and 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 Thrawn, and of course a lot of great side characters too. The emperors in it, um, and it's just it, it's 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 really fun stuff Director to watch. Krennic. Well, he's in the third one, I think.
2: They don't mention him in that one. They might have. I think they must have. They might have mentioned it. I don't think he was in it because they're talking projects. Stardust. Stardust, right? I yeah. Nerds, <laughs> nerds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was like, it was just so cool because Thrawn and Vader are going back and forth, and and Vader is just so angry and powerful, and Thrawn's patient and intelli- intelligent and witty, and. Ron knows mm-hmm. that Darth Vader is Anakin, mm-hmm. but he obviously he doesn't want to say it out loud. And eventually, he keeps hinting at it, and it's hilarious because every time he makes very uh, unsubtle hints that he knows Vader's reactions are are hilarious. He goes, I think there was one where he was like looking down on the ground and, and he said something, and he goes, "Oh my God, he knows." Mm. He knows. He looks up and he goes, "You're mistaken." And, and it just—it's yeah. just, the whole book is just a back oh, and his, forth.
2: It, it Vader's such a like a, a child sometimes because he's just like, "I'll oh, just—I should just kill him." Yeah, it's a dick measuring <laughs> contest
0: the whole book between the two, and it's—it's it's easily one of my. It, it is my favorite Star Wars book I've ever read, easily. So, Thrawn alliances—that is my number
2: three. Nice right. choice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, number two. All right, let's get dark. Um, this is something I read this year, but it is a book that I have been aware of for, I don't know, give or take five or six years. Ever since I started listening to last podcast on the left, they always, and, and when they start their podcast, always, like, you know, they, talk, they tell you what you're tell, they're going to tell a story about. And then they tell you where to find the information and what they pulled their information from. So this is The Indifferent Stars Above by Daniel James Brown. And is the phenomenal story of the Donner pottery, the Donner pottery, sorry, so cannibalism, right okay mm-hmm. that's like ten percent of like the story, and he like talks about other wagon trails and other things that happened out west, you know in early America, eighteen so that was like eighteen thirty six or something like that. I mm-hmm. think that happened, and it's an amazing, incredibly sad story but it's like also like full of you know, just heroes everywhere right? ordinary men doing amazing things right one of my favorite little notes that comes out of it is when they're finally starting getting rescued one man in in particular rescued like seven different children by one by one and if you guys remember like recently like in the big snowstorms in california Mm -hmm. where they're like showing these gigantic snow drifts 20 feet whatever that's where the donner party were it's it happens all the time there in this year in nevadas so when that's happening i was thinking about like wow like 1830 whatever this dude's picking up these kids one at a time and and like taking a step grabbing a kid moving it over, going over, grabbing the next kid, picking him up, and doing it over and over, and, like, gigantic snowdrifts, And just, like, heroes that, like, you want to say, like, don't exist today, but obviously they do, they just do, in yeah. different forms. Yeah. You know, your, your local firemen, policemen, whatever, you know, EMTs, those kind of people. So it's a great story. It was unexpectedly good. Like, he says in the podcast, he goes, this book's amazing. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's history, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's not just about cannibalism. Yeah, it's in there. We're going (laughs) to talk about it. It happened. Uh, But at the same time, like, what these people went through, how badass they were to even try it, to go this ridiculous gold rush kind of journey. It was a little pre-gold rush, but still, same idea. So, different stars above. Okay. And I love the title. Yeah. Because it's like, Universe, universe don't give a fuck about you, bud. Sorry to miss the But it's the truth. I want to say
1: that, <laughs> like, my family's distantly related to the Donner Party in some way. Really? Yeah. It, my mom can probably confirm this thought. But I remember her telling me at one point, I don't know in what way or how, but, like, I think we have some relation or some connection to the Donner Party in some way. Which is... Yeah, that brings it nice and close to home. But doesn't... you made it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, I'm here, so <laughs> that's that's what matters, I guess. <laughs> and
2: there's way more families than just the Donners. Like it's you're... a
1: fascinating yeah. story, honestly. It really is. Very good, very good. Dan, all you're right. number two. So I had to include a Harry Potter on this. Good stuff. Because it's, my, uh, it's one of my favorite series of all time, book-wise, movie-wise. The world is amazing. I've listed it as my top like five or things for different lists for several different categories. Um, But I had to pick a specific book out of all of them. And I think if I had to pick one, it's the third Harry Potter book, which is the Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Yep. Man, I love that one. And I was always bummed with the movie that they made of this one because they missed a lot of fun stuff that happens in the book that... Makes his journey and his story so much sweeter. Like, they focus on Quidditch so much. This is something I always bring up. They focus on Quidditch so much in the movies. They win. uh, Gryffindor wins the Quidditch Cup in the third book. And they never touched on that in the movie at all. And I wish that they would have because that would have been something really – like and it's Oliver Wood's last year at the school too so he really wants to win it and they and then the description of them winning the cup is really cool they go into description on the marauder's map and exactly what happened that made uh uh, the f- three of them, other than Lupin and Animagus,es they became Animagus,es because Lupin was a werewolf. They turned into animals and go hang out with him at that house, right? And they created the Marauders map in order to map that. But they never talk about in the movie them creating the map or blah, blah blah blah. But whatever. But the the point being that I thought the third book had the the most in depth of like all the storylines. It just had so much that like you blink and you missed it, but it was, it was such good. It was like having the side stories that you don't get in everything that was chock full of the most of them. Right. Um, and I always found myself always captured by the third one. The it's, if I was doing like a top three, it's probably third, first, last, I would say for me, um but the the third book is just absolutely incredible. So my number 2 is Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That was my favorite growing up. I'll never forget for Christmas I got the uh, a, a box
0: set of the first four all hardcovers. And I just I was fascinated with the artwork and and I don't know as great as the movies were the books were just the, they added Better. a layer of depth. They they so. did. They did. You can use your imagination more. And that's why I like reading books sometimes versus the movies cuz your imagination grows wild. Well. We've talked about The Revenge of the Sith novel, right? Mm-hmm. And how it expands upon that movie and yeah. it gives a lot more deeper detail. And Harry Potter's, you know, Harry Potter is absolutely no different. Uh, they did do like less and less quidditch as the as the, 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 yeah. the years went on in the movies, but the books always seemed to touch on it mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, they condensed, they they condensed quite a bit
1: of, uh, and they did a good job with it. Oh yeah. That's not debated at all in this. I just, I wish they could have done that. That is like the one
2: specific thing that I wish they could have done a little bit more. Oh, for sure. So I I remember when the movies were coming out and like the last two were like due to come out and I was saying to my wife, I'm like, you know, I've, I've watched like the first like four movies kind of like to watch them all and so then maybe go and see them in theaters or something like that and she goes well i've got the books just let me read the books i'm like let you read the books how long is this gonna take <laughs> i'm like all for you reading the books but on your timeline i don't see that happening <laughs> dude i remember that was the when the
0: first movie came out that was the first time so we had a cheap show around our area four seasons and it was at the four-season cinema so long that it was there past the DVD coming out. And that was the first time I remember that ever happening. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Yeah,
0: that's how well those Harry Potter movies did. God. They're great. I miss when new Harry Potter movies came out. I really do. Um, all right. My number two, this is where I'm going to put uh, George Washington, A Life. And this is by that, uh, uh, I think it's Ron Certo. Uh, the uh, one who did the Grant
2: one, uh, Ron Chernow, yeah, Chernow, yeah. Uh,
0: life, I'm pretty sure it's yeah, Ron Chernow. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great read. You know, you, we always hear the, the 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 good stuff about Washington, like in in regular history books and stuff. This one did a little bit of everything, going from his struggles with, uh, his struggles with with family, right, growing up, his just. Parents, grandparents, everybody just dying off. Uh, basically, his, his, he had an estranged relationship with his mom. Mm-hmm. Never never knew about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know his life with with Marsha. With I almost said Marsha, his, his wife Martha Washington. Um, and really, I learned that he wasn't a great general through this book. He wasn't great. At least military strategy and stuff. He Washington was not great at all. Mm-hmm. But he was really good at pe- putting the right people in place, and that's what I learned about. That was one of his strengths. I learned about that in this that he put capable people. He was a good organizer, um, and I, or I guess that would make him a great general. But well,
2: I get what you're saying, though.
0: Yeah, but as far as like strategy, you know, you would never put a Washington up in the same as like a military strategist as like Napoleon. No, never in a million no. years. Um, but Washington, he, he was a leader of men, and and, and he was. You know it he was just super responsible with his- with the power that he was given, like it was a big moment for him. he was given power over the entire continental army and he laid it down which is something that very rarely ever happens sometimes people like they hold on to it and they consolidate power and 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 they grow um Washington was another one like Monroe with the deal with slavery uh he wanted to abolish it or he wanted to take steps to abolish it but also one of his issues uh, and again this is something you don't learn about in in history books is that uh that's how he made his income <laughs> you know what I mean? so it so it put him in quite the quite the predicament but um it, but you always want to hear again it's it's something everybody always questions but it's it's never talked about why or what these guys did Pertaining to slavery, which was such a major issue in those first or those early years, mm-hmm. um, and, and so much more. The the way he handled, he was bipartisan. He had people from you know he had a close relationship with Alexander Hamilton, and who was a, a, a Federalist. And then of course he had the Jeffersonian Republicans, which was Jeff, which was Thomas Jefferson, um, uh, James Madison. Guys like that, he tried to keep the balance, and eventually it all fell apart in a second term, but uh it, these are just really great ways to uh, just you know explaining all that um, I want to read a novel to this extent for every single u s president because I feel like I've been cheated out of learning about them properly through regular history no so um, so that's where I'm at with that so Washington a life. Um,
1: uh, by Ron Chernow. That is my number two. Love it. That's a great. I I need to get into more like history and presidential books like that.
2: They're really well done.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's how,
2: it, how thick is the Washington one?
0: Do, I got it, it over there. It's it, you could all my books are here. So if you want to take a look afterwards, but it's it's pro, I think it was like six seven hundred pages. The the, the, the Grant one's big. this big. And the Grant one is huge. <laughs> It's a thickums. Yeah. But uh, Washington, I think it was like six, seven hundred pages.
2: Okay. So. That's, it's less than Grant, then. Yeah. Grant was quite Grant's a undertaking. Grant's the fattest book I've ever seen in my life. It's insane. I, I, Dan, I bailed on the 36th chapter. <laughs> Have you ever got to 36 <laughs> chapters of something and just said, meh? <laughs> <laughs> I've still got no, like twenty more point, to go. At, at that point, I would feel like I'm too invested. I think I yeah, don't know. I had to, and I'm only listening. I'm, my eyes aren't even doing that, not doing any work. That's it's just my ears. That's <laughs> they they do work without me even asking them to. <laughs> well, gentlemen, yeah. we made it. Really good time too. This is a plus
0: for a Brian episode. That's the old running joke because every Brian episode runs long.
2: Yeah, you've got. You're,
0: you're doing well today. Yeah,
2: I'm doing good. I've beat it down, you know, the
0: urge. I like, I like our long ones, though. I, I, do, I do enjoy our long ones. The first one we did together was a history one. It was. It was. That was really cool. Um, but we are on to our number one mm-hmm. of the book list. Brian, what is the number one book you have ever read in your life?
2: The Hobbit. Yep. By J.R.R. R. Tolkien. There you go. I came to own this book after reading it with library rentals. Uh, I own it because I was going to driver's ed during the summer, um, trying to get my license, you know, being responsible as a kid. And uh, then I do a highly irresponsible thing, which is it's held at my school, and I'm killing time before this class actually starts in the morning, and the library was open. So I wandered inside, started walking around the library in the, my high school, and that was like one of those stands of, you know, wanted someone to pick it up. So I did, and I never brought it back. <laughs> and that's why I owned The Hobbit. You still have it? <laughs> yeah. Boy. Do you really? Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. It's honestly the the only reason, like, I, I, I grabbed it at that moment was, um, you know, Lord of the Rings was like a big thing at the time. I'm like, yeah, but how come they didn't do this first? That's it always bothered me. Like, I got that did a cartoon in the '70s, you know, and it was yeah. fine. Yeah. It was fine, right? Yeah, but it was a cartoon. I'm like, why didn't you do the Hobbit? It's a better story. Yeah, um, I've tried. Watch, I've tried reading the uh, Lord of the Rings. Trilogy, which was actually originally released as one giant book. That's correct. You can yeah. imagine, yeah, that's insane. That's and wild. then, and the publishing company was like, you know, these actually might sell better if we were to break them up. So that's why they became three books, and then there were three it, movies. It's
0: real weird because I watched the movies first. Well, at least I watched the Fellowship first, and I got the box set, and it doesn't line up correctly. Like, there's parts in the Fellowship mm-hmm. movie. That didn't happen until the two towers, Mm.
2: which which will throw you for a loop. Yeah. But he did such amazing work creating maps of the story he's telling, creating languages, multiple languages of the story he's telling. Yes. Like no one put the amount of work in that he did. And then you get into know the the author and like the human being he was. is like amazing story. Yeah, you know it's a I tell everyone like let's we'll go watch that movie when you get a chance of the you know bio doc about him. It's, it's phenomenal, it's phenomenal. Um, my honorable mentions: yes, yes, yeah. Call the Wild by Jack London, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck, and then uh, my favorite of ones that were. I think forced readings, like those, a lot of those were. Um, the Hatchet by Her- Gary Paulson. You guys remember that. Right? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, as I was thinking this morning of, like, the different books that might be on my list, I'm like, what was that movie or that book that I read? And, like, it was surprising, like, really compelling. Um, but Oh, and don't read Catcher in the Rye. It's a do not read. It's a do not read? It is about a self-entitled jerk. And there's way better stories about self entitled jerks. Got gotcha. Jed Lennon killed, man. It, yeah. It, it was an excuse, yeah. <laughs> did they ban it before? When did they ban after. it? After. It was after? Because it, it not just him, also the guy that shot um, Reagan. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. That's he right. had it too. Yeah, that's right. But he was inspired by Mark David Chapman. Ah. Uh, yeah. Man. History is weird. <laughs> it is very weird. Yeah. It is very weird. But it's not that good of a book. All right. Well, the Hobbit th- is. The is a phenomenal Hobbit's book. Hobbit's great. It's so fun. I want to read it to my daughter one of these days. Well,
0: I'm sure you'll get the chance. I'm sure you'll get the chance.
1: Very good list, my man. Thank Dan, you. your number one? My number one is a book I read for the first time in fifth grade, uh, right across the hall. Uh, That's so cool, by the way. It's, I love, I love so when you a reference thing. that. It's such a weird thing. <laughs> but, like... It just feels like another era of my life and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be in here certain days like learning in the classroom. (laughs) Um, But it's a book called Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. Uh, Jerry Spinelli is a really excellent author. I believe this won uh, I think it won the Children's uh, Book Award. If I'm Let's see, I got it up here.
2: Hold on. Oh, it's Let's only going to take me four hours to listen to.
1: <laughs> yeah, one, um, won the uh, Boston Globe Award, It won the Newberry Medal, it won the Canton Fisher Award, Paintbrush Indian Paintbrush Book Award, which was huge. Um, so it, uh, it. it It deals with a lot of things in this book. So it's about a fictional town called Two Mills. It's harshly segregated. Um, He's uh, an orphan. The main boy is an orphan. Um, He gets orphaned kind of late, is with an aunt and uncle for a while who, like, don't speak to each other ever. Eventually, like, runs away from them. And then is constantly kind of jumping back and forth between... Um, the east and west sides of two mills. So like jumping between both sides and like breaking the racism, like barriers and like all those different things. Uh, but the families he meets on both sides is where like the heart for the story comes in and the love, like they show for him and like the ways different people live and the different perspectives that you even may not expect um, from like some of the families that he 's around right it 's really amazing i 've always loved the book and i 've always just when whenever i 've read it, I can picture just every little like I visualize everything in my head and it 's one of the easiest not like books to kind of just translate into your own story that i 've ever read and Something about it will always just stick with me forever. I love Maniac, Maggie. I feel like I've read that before. I see the cover looks very familiar. The name of it sounds familiar as well. I may have talked about it before too, because I really do love this book. Okay,
0: very good. Yeah, I just looked it up. uh, Yeah, like I said, I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and
1: it looks like a good read. It is, absolutely is. If I still have it, I can let you borrow it.
0: I would not hate that, buddy. I appreciate
1: that. Cool. Thank you. Great list. Great list. Thank you. Uh
0: my number one I'm going to go with uh uh Napoleon a life. It was my second Napoleon book uh on this list, but this is the first one I read. I read this one three times. That's how much I uh just loved it. Um God again, in depth, right? The history class you only learn the bare minimum. This is what he did, Louisiana Purchase, Battle of Waterloo, all that shit. Um this one's in depth he actually they have access to letters and such he was really great at keeping personal records you learn a lot about his thoughts and his i guess his descent into madness a little bit, a bit apart from you know ruling you know France growing his empire um his first wife is banging one of his top generals Wow. Uh, back at home, so and he he and he was just like he was like such a hopeless romantic. You felt bad for him. He yeah. almost became sympathetic. He pretty much became a sim. He almost did become sympathetic, because um, he was just like, oh, I love you, this and that, and then his is it, it, and his first wife is it, not responding, just kind of very uh, Marie Antoinette, just kind of reaping the rewards of being. Married into royalty. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he was like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Just kids yelling outside. Um, But it's just, it's, it's, it was sad to watch. Like, you watch this dude, his empire is growing. And obviously, he didn't do it through great tactics. But it's a, it's a, it's a lesson about, you know, how everybody's, everybody around him was around him for the good times. But man, when stuff started going downhill, ooh <laughs> breaking off, right? Alliances, relationships, friendships, people just started disappearing. Um, he kinda like it was kinda sad just how this guy who rallied and, and gave the French some pride after years and years of losing wars and and political turmoil, and he kinda died alone. Mm, yeah. He was popular, he was respected but he also kind of died alone. Obviously he, he had a second wife and she was kind of with, you know, with you know, with him to an extent, but it just it, it's a really it's a really good read simply put. for any Napoleon fan i just history buff, i think this is one of the best uh accounts that you could find. So uh that is my number 1 and that is the conclusion of the book list. Brian Buddy, thank you for being on. That was excellent. It was my a pleasure. Lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to that one for, again, a couple months now. So I'm glad we finally got to do it. Um, and it gave me time to read books, read more books, and add and, and subtract from the list. My list looked very different when I first put this. I, I was telling Dan uh, a few months ago, I've just i I've been so obsessed with making lists, I just have a whole note thing in my iPhone where I'm just making random top ten lists and just putting stuff together. And I've had the book list for a couple months now. So um, it has changed quite a bit. So... I appreciate the opportunity. Don't forget, go check out his uh, other shows, uh, Crafting and Drafting, the Out of Tune Podcast, and the Area of Grievances, which will be dropping uh, another episode the day before this. I'm gonna actually work; it's gonna be up at time of recording. It'll be up tomorrow morning. Um, so we're doing we're covering Rogue One for that one, and then we have a wrestler draft uh, coming up. I'm not sure when Brian's gonna get that up. Oh, cool! But uh, we're doing a wrestler draft on Friday for uh, Crafting and Drafting. So. Uh, Very good. Of course, check out all Dan's shows as well. He's a part of. uh, He has
1: Yao Mm -hmm. and Yao, Yao, and and then this. But you could check out what's going on, which is my brother's show as well. So keep it around the Torres family. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan gets choice next week when we resume, and we are excited to do
0: that Uh, once again. Thank you, Bry. Uh, thank you, Dan, as always, for being here and for holding it down last week. Thank and you,
1: buddy. Glad you're back,
0: of course, happy to be back and to our listeners, do you even list
2: uh-huh.